welcome on in. Enzwell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at enswellpod at protonmail.com. And you're welcome on in indeed. And it is a privilege and a pleasure to be in your ears for this episode, as it is for every other one. Dillian White announced he will have a new trainer for his forthcoming fights. Team Serrano gone into hiding. It's now Katie Taylor versus Delphine Pursuant 2. And the sporting world pays tribute and remembers Jack Charlton. And we'll be joined today by Canadian and Irish champion Sarah Hagigat-Jew, her coach Stevie Bailey, and Francie Lozoho joins us again with his new manager Ryan Rhodes. And with live boxing making its return to the fanless arenas in the UK this week with the Frank Warren and BT Sports Show, I would have thought fight fans, boxing fans, would have been happy and content to focus on that. And perhaps it is only a certain section of boxing fans, a certain category of boxing fans, shall we call them, that like to probably project and um, just obsess about what the likes of the UFC and others are doing even boxing in the US and everything else, it's like constant looking over the shoulder. It's constant comparisons. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, this week, it just got a little bit irritating for myself. And it's only, it's, I know there's a few fight fans that I speak to regularly that were saying the same, that at times, boxing fans can come across, and, and particularly pundits, can come across as just a little bit too precious. It's almost like they feel threatened or they feel like the need to keep UFC and MMA in its place and to remind them how long boxing is here and look, we know all that we, we we don't need to be reminded we don't need to be projecting any sort of insecurities or dissatisfaction or anything on other sports I've said it for many many years and I've said it for as long as I've watched boxing and I've saying it for as long as UFC, I'm, I'm not the biggest MMA fan in the world, I'm not I'd be lying if I said I was. I like looking at some of the big fights. I like looking at how they package and run their shows from start to finish. That's where I want to learn from the modern day side of production. I don't blur the lines between boxing and MMA because there's enough shows out there to do that. But there's a place in the sporting world. There's there's more than enough room in the sporting world for both boxing and MMA. More than enough. And there's more than enough for fans to like or dislike. But the point is, just be happy with what we're getting. We never thought we'd be back this early. We never thought we'd see live boxing back at, probably for the rest of the year. Now we're getting it in dribs and drabs. Might not be what some want. Some people will never get what they want. But the point is, it was a fantastic show at the weekend for BT and Frank Warren. And a big shout out to the team there because I know, I know the work that goes in in the background to get that. And to all that went into it and for everyone that did it, a massive shout out and well done to you. And to Dana White and the UFC... They are the benchmark right now. Whether people like to admit it or not, that is the way it's going. They have set the bet. They've set the bar straight out of the gates. Incredible series of shows. And they're not even remotely close to being finished yet. It was spectacular to look at it again the other night. I didn't watch all the card. I didn't even stay up for the late. for the. But I did watch some footage back and everything else afterwards. And again, credit to them. And credit to them. And I know, shout out to my pal Wayne McCullough there, who is in regular contact with Dana, who I hope gets into boxing sooner rather than later. And I know we're trying to keep things positive, but we'll keep it a little bit real. We'll keep it very much real as well. I guess we're looking at 2020 and we're thankful to have sport back in some capacity. 
But if their year was to end now, it could be classified in so many different ways. Um, from a personal standpoint, for me, emotional would be one way. Uh, whether it was COVID-19, or sport or, or everyday life. I think news and goings on around the world. And, and the insistence of the media outlets to just regurgitate negative bad news all the time. It just beggars belief. And Saturday morning I woke to news um, that even right now it's kind of hard to, to figure it. It's kind of hard to get it right in my head. And that of course was the passing of Jack Charlton. And it's when I say I've struggled with it, it's so, on so many levels. So many levels. Anybody who didn't live through Jack's tenure with the Irish football team look it's well documented and and I'm getting chicken skin here just talking about it that Irish team went from being unfancied unrated unranked and just a a mess to being at at the very highest peak of their achievements they were ranked number 8 in the world Um, he did that by picking a group of real players who eventually gelled and galvanised to represent the country in ways that we could never imagine and have never seen since and will never see again. They brought the public along with them on the ride and I've never seen this country ever and I don't believe I ever will see it so united in sport, in joy, in just happiness. And believe you me, they weren't the happiest of times either. It was a tough, tough time. But through football and through the Irish soccer team, Jack Charlton and his players brought us on a journey that just cannot be, it cannot be um, overstated. And Jackie's army, as it was became to known, they were organised, they were like himself, they were organised, they were disciplined, they were tough. And they played from pretty unattractive football at times, hard to watch. And you know what, it was a very much a mirror image of himself. And the memories of those special days will never ever die and as I said I'm struggling I suppose to get my head around the idea that Jack Charlton is now no longer with us because he's one of those characters and one of those images and in those imposing figures who you just do in your head believe he's going to be around forever Would you like to reduce your monthly bills? Whether it's utility bills such as electricity, gas, TV and broadband or mobile phone, mortgage and various life, home or pet insurance I choose want to find the best deal for the Irish consumer and make sure you get the best deal every time. Click the link in today's show notes, sign up, and I choose will do the rest. Last time we spoke to the butcher boy, things weren't a lot different than what they are right now. There was management issues, been let down for a fight, and even even through his optimistic glasses, it would have been hard to see a silver lining. But as typical case with Francie Lazoho, you regrouped, you picked yourself up, you rebuilt. And we have a silver lining that most could only dream of. How are you getting on, my friend? I'm getting on great, you know. We couldn't be in a better place right now, you know, mentally. Physically, you know, I'm a bit off tune because I haven't been, as I usually do, back in um, Lanzarote, back in uh, camp. One of the many things you told me, it seems like only recently, but the time has slipped by a good bit. But you told me one of the biggest things was uh, that we find the most of ourselves, the best of ourselves, and, and we find out the most about ourselves when we're tested. And that God has a test for us all and for you and for everybody. And I think it's fair to say, and the man above won't mind me saying, uh, he's put down a fair few tests in front of you over the last few weeks and months. And, uh... Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I 
close to my heart is, you know, I'm very spiritual for a reason as well. So I kind of knew in a sense it's like God was testing me in different apartments, you know, fight-wise, you know, when you're, when you're getting ready for a fight, the fight doesn't happen. So you're mentally like, what, I'm ready to tear into that person. doesn't happen. And from there, uh, just recently signing with them and then falling apart at the end, not seeing eye to eye and then starting from zero again. And you, you sometimes... I'll be sitting and wondering, like, is this it for me? Do you know what I mean? Like, am I done? Am I finished? But, you know, I just close my eyes and just, you know, say a little prayer. And, and, I, and I always say, I know you're doing this for a reason. And, and you know, like my last loss I had in my last fight, everything happened for a reason. I found John through that. And this time around, I found uh, Ryan Rhodes. The first bit of news that you, you, you've just alluded to there is that just, just it's exciting it's it's well deserved it's well earned and it's going to open so many doors is um is the spice boy adding a little bit of spice to the to the butcher boy so talk, oh, to, yeah, talk to us a, about that and how it came about it's a match in, match made in heaven like i think it's uh, this actually happened he kind of came surprised on us on my trainer didn't know he was coming down our heart he pretended to ring him on the phone pop comes Ryan from uh from the corner like and me, me trainer was absolutely shocked but then uh, we went there, had a cup of tea, him and his missus, his beautiful missus. We went there, we were all talking, and uh, where it was it was me, uh, Johnner, and Johnner's missus, and Ryan Rose's missus. We all were just talking, talking boxing, talking life and everything. And I was just talking to Ryan in itself, like, you know, you just seeing this guy has so much passion and so much experience in what he loves to do. And it's just, I, got, I vibe with him since. And I just turned around to me trying to go, I'd love for him to be my manager. But at the time, I was ready to sign with someone else. So in my head, I was like, I'd love for him to be my trainer. But then I was like, it is what it is. Like, do you know what I mean? At, at that point, I never asked him, but he always, you know, wanted to help. He always said, if you never, if you ever needed a voice or someone to kind of guide you in the right path or give you uh, insight on, on some parts, I'm not sure, but I'm always here if you need. I'm just a phone call away or a text away and I give you any advice that will help you and benefit you to get further in your career and him saying that it was like wow how it came about originally I was meant to sign with David Codwell that was uh, in the pipeworks so we were talking back and forth I was on the phone to David Codwell and you know signing with him would have boosted my name even more but I was talking to Ryan Rose at the same time you know how I am yeah. if I don't connect with you in a personal level uh if you don't hear my story, you don't feel my dedication, then it's not going to really work out. You know what I mean? I've done that obviously with other trainers. So in a sense, that's why I kind of went with Ryan Rhodes because I connected with him. I spoke to Ryan myself here through John on one of the days we were on when you guys were in Lanzarote and he's a, he's a flamboyant, he's a colourful character. He's He's got a happy-go-lucky approach. He's got a, a devil-may-care sort of a image if you don't really know what his achievements and if you don't see the levels that he rose to but underneath all that is a fellow who's got a really shrewd boxing brain he's got connections in the boxing game and I believe when you said at the beginning that it has potential and it has a, it's, a, it's a match made in heaven it is it's two personalities who are going to absolutely catch fire and entertain in more ways than one and I'm, as I said to you I've been sitting on this this news inside and out for the last few weeks and it's one of the things I've had to get used to is keeping secrets and I'm not great at this yeah. but uh, I, I can't tell you how happy I am for you for your family for everybody associated with John or the gym because it's a really bustling and that little stable over there in, in a champion's gym in Lanzarote and a shout out to John oh my man um, and, and Paulie who must have a Dublin accent at this stage he surely must <laughs> but yeah. it's uh, 
it's it means the world to you guys that to build a bit to build that base and now to be able to put things in place and start to make those steps it must be exciting as you as you prepare now to come out of lockdown you're getting on the plane tomorrow and you're heading back to camp oh it's, it's absolutely like everything is just lined up perfectly like in the end i said everything happens for a reason just lined up so perfectly just signed with uh uh, with two new sponsors that are fully backing me in every department and I'm just happy with that as well. Now it's going to lead me into, you know, it led me into signing Ryan also and it's just open, it's just going to open so many doors now. Now I have the essential keys that will help me, you know, go forward now and, and, and achieve the goals I want. A lot of people could have, would have and probably could have been forgiven for losing their way a little bit and losing motivation and sitting on the couch as, as uh, Dennis Ilbe is accusing Dylan of doing there's great back and forth going on there but uh, anyone that knows you and knows you lads as well knows that that wasn't likely to happen and it might have eased off the gas a little bit but that in its, that isn't a bad thing because everyone knows John always will have plenty of hurt and, and the, the hurt box will be well warmed up for you when you get over there and tomorrow and everything starts to kick on so it gave the body a little bit of time to to relax, to recuperate. Francie got the business head on and I uh, want to give a mention, I want you to give a mention to your new sponsors because in credit to them, they're, 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 um, they're right in there now with one of the most exciting and most marketable prospects we have in the country. I signed um, uh, a really nice sponsorship deal with Ringwalk UK, Boxing UK and the Egyptian Collection as well. So they'll be looking after all my sparring gear, everything that I need, the essentials that I need in camp. For everything, even my uh, my gym wear that I'm gonna wear, even gloves that branded gloves that they're gonna be uh, you know providing me. So literally in every boxing department, you can think of bags, everything that they're gonna look at, uh, look after me. Absolutely amazing gear, even on their website as well. You know, basically putting me like, and, you know, with another boxer as well, like me and him being the face of their product is just an absolute honor. And then the second one is uh, Hood Camp. It's a uh, clothing line as well that they're fully backing me as well so every press conference media workout I'm going to be absolutely kid to the T absolutely looking fresh so I'm, I'm happy with that as well and I make no secret of it here and I've clicked with a few people I, I, I get on with pretty much everybody anyone that I don't I, w- I wouldn't have anybody on the podcast that I don't there's a few that I've clicked with from the jump and you were one of them we've kept in touch we've messaged back and forwards whether it's sometimes social media sometimes chats and whatever else but it's always brilliant and it's always great but I often came away in those last couple of calls and I'd be scratching my head thinking shit where is this going where is it going to come no more so than you must have and, and for me it was a case of Jesus just give the kid a break you know give some, you're not looking for anything ground moving you're just looking for a bit of even fair play and uh, it's fair to say that's turned for you now for kids younger fighters younger younger boxers people that might not be necessarily professionals or heading back now to, it's very uncertain it's been very uncertain times and, and some may feel look we didn't do a whole lot we mightn't have done what we could have it was hard to do would you have any advice for them? Well, they can relate to you because you're not that much older than them, but at the same time, mm. you, you've used wisdom beyond your years to be able to take yourself through that uncertainty. Like, the only advice I would give them that, you know, I thank God I had, you know, good friends around me to advise me, but some, some of the devices wouldn't really hit you, especially when you're at the position you, you are, where you feel like nothing's going for you, everything is going downhill, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. My my best advice would be for the you know the younger buyers or younger boxers or younger kids coming up in any department in any sport really is things happen for a reason. If you can't do it physically, do it mentally. If you can't do it mentally, do it physically. Either way, always prepared to the best ability that you can. Try and discover something else to rekindle the fire for you or to give you that motivation and drive. Sometimes these things happen 
to put you back in your box and make you look inside yourself. Because I can bet you 100% during this pandemic, a lot of people have done a lot of soul searching. And, you know, some people have come out better. Some people, you know, still find, uh, trying to find that one fire. But for any younger kids or um, fighters coming up, is enjoy the, enjoy the process. That's the best part. Yeah. The key to it all is, before you kick off all that, is, is to surround yourself with the right people, the good people, the very, oh, yeah, the very best you can. One thing I want to ask you before I let you go, and um, feel free to answer it what way you will, and I know you're, you're, you're always open. And as, We're having some horrible, horrible uh, weeks and months in the world, not just in Ireland, but I suppose we're seeing it in America, we're seeing it in the UK, and it's that horrible hate-filled ignorance we're having racial hatred it's not a subject that i can relate to because i i, I just don't understand I, I don't believe hate is something it's not something that you're grown with it's something that you're taught is it something that you've come across in your time much is it something that you are does it affect you or have you learned and and i suppose i'll just leave it for you to tell us and tell me and and, and what, what your experience has been to be honest growing up you know, in Ireland, at a young age, you're trying to fit in, you're trying to do every sport you as possible as a kid, because I was naive at that time. I was trying to impress other people and just being who I was. So I was doing a lot of things that people would be like, oh, like, let's, let's put it, let's play, let's play it plain. Like, let's say it plain. Like, I'd be playing hurling, I'd be the only black player person yeah. doing hurling, or I'd be the only black person doing Gaelic. And then everyone would be astonished. And these, and this is, we're talking about the, the 2000, you know, when it was, and you know people wouldn't be scared to say oh here that's a black fella yeah. or use the other term as well yeah. so for me being African and Irish you know you grow a thick skin you know how to take it you know how to take it and transform it into something positive or even taking what they say and educating them I find that growing up I did get in a lot of fights you know trying to you know stick it to people calling me them type of names and all that but I find in the end people like that you know I just not educated they don't understand how it is or what it is because they've never been in a position like that how how can you explain to someone that hasn't gone through that do you know what i mean so it's in a sense where you just have to sometimes take it on the chest sugar it off and just keep moving forward and maybe even try and educate people that do want to listen and just say it how it is it's a tricky subject that at the best of times but to have the conversation with a fella that you respect and have grown to love as a pal can just get a little bit of a struggle. And it's only, only because I don't want to word it the wrong way and I don't want it to sound the wrong way. There's no fear of me insulting or hurting his feelings because I wouldn't do it in the first place. And um, I don't think I could even if I tried. He's a tough character. I don't understand small minds and I don't understand hate. The very, very first thing that struck me about Francie Lozoho, long before I saw him, long before I met him, was his character, was his personality. And I dare anybody, spend just five minutes with the fella and try not be engaged, enthused. And here now is the aforementioned Sheffield Spice Boy, former Brendan Ingle protege and new manager of Francie Lozoho, Ryan Rhodes. One of the many things that separates Brendan's boys from the other everyday boxers was that they've all managed to keep busy in their own unique ways and, and not always the predictable ways some have been coaches some are managers some are pundits some are a uh, little bit of all that rolled into one and uh, the latest fella to chat with me here is great to have him back on the podcast it's the spice boy himself i don't know is he too old i don't know are you even too old to be a spice, old spice boy now. nice old spice but it, it's the one and only ryan Rhodes. how are you ryan yeah i'm very well thank you i'm very well yeah good 
it's amazing to chat with you again it's brilliant it's always great to catch up with you um, and yeah. I think most people will be aware of the, the new um, team in town as they talk about it uh, for many different reasons there's causing a little bit of a stir but um, before I got into that talk about you and Francie there is something else yeah. that's caught my imagination the last while Ryan is there, you're, you're involved with a video game a boxing game so yeah we're um... Uh, I got approached uh, the beginning of this year um, to to get involved in a in a, a, a boxing computer game. Um, so Steel City Interactive uh, asked me to get involved, and um, mate, honestly, it's just gone from strength to strength. We've got so many big names involved already, which we've announced, and we've got so many more big names that over the next few weeks and few months we're going to be announcing. Uh, but the quality of the boxing game is is unreal. I mean, if you've seen the the video of of what we what we brought out of Johnny Nelson in the game, and then recently last week we we announced uh, uh, Kid Galahad who's in the game, and just the quality it just looks so lifelike um, of of the fighters, and and that's what all the fighters are going to be so realistic and. You know we're gonna get we're gonna create it as though basically it's it's watching a, a live fight. That's how good this game's gonna be, uh, and we're hoping to be releasing the game uh, later this year, probably November before Christmas. Just in time for the Christmas market. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's brilliant. And I mean, I always, I always. I do have to leave the PlayStation. I bought, I have a PlayStation in a press somewhere here in the house and I have to leave it there because I know yeah. if I get and start those, especially the likes of Call of Duty or the football syndicate yeah. games, I just lose hours. So um, that might just tempt me out of retirement. I might just have to get a go at that one. <laughs> um, I, think, I, think, I think the boxing world especially has been crying out for a boxing game for many, many years. I think the last, the last quality game anyway was... Um, EA Sports uh, and it was Fight Night and I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken that was 2011 and there's not been a quality game for you know for obviously nine years now and last year, so the beginning of last year these guys at uh, Steel City uh, they started creating a boxing game um, and then obviously beginning of this year they asked me and 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 you know crazy enough they're a they're a they're a Sheffield based company. So, which which made sense for for us to to sit down and have the meeting, and you know you've seen who, who we've announced so far, and like I said, we've got so many more big names uh, which we're going to be announcing over the next few months. Which you know the the boxing world is crying out for a, a video game, and and this computer game is going to be on all consoles. It's going to be on Xbox. It's going to be on uh, PC. Uh, and it's going to be on PlayStation, so all the console this is going to be out for everybody who's got uh, a computer. It's going to be for for all the fight fight um, f- the, the people who are who are, are, are really uh, wanting a fight game. So it's going to be for everybody. For, for us fellas that didn't grow up and don't grow up, that like to spend a couple of hours in front of it, right? I'm looking forward to it. It sounds it sounds amazing. Yeah, I can't the, wait, quali- can't the quality wait. of it has, is is just second to none. But yeah, um, as I yeah. said here, the regular listeners here uh, will remember even on the last time, and of course they know the connection with yourself and Francie uh, is of course the big man himself, the small man from from Dublin, yeah. Jono, um, and and of course that legendary uh, relationship goes back for you guys all the way to Winkabank to the great man himself, to Brendan, and all of that went 
went before. But um, this is just the next stage, and I, I always wonder. I always, I always wonder, and and, and can't help. To, it's it's a, it's. A, I suppose it's the dramatic, romantic side of me wonders where he is now, and is he standing somewhere with the arms folded, smiling, looking at you all, and wondering how did you, how in the name of Jesus did you all manage to do know, what you're doing? I, I mean, it was it was um, it was his birthday uh, a couple of weeks ago. Brendan would have been eighty a couple of week, weeks ago, so that's you know it's it's um, it's. Um, you know, I, I really do think that, you know, whenever I see any videos of Brendan, you know, I really, I do look up, you know, look up in the sky and think mm. he must be looking down on all of us being proud and, you know, what kind of guys we've all turned out because we've not, you know, the, all the guys I can remember back in the day, what, what came from Brendan, everybody's doing pretty well for themselves. There's no one, you know, that's, 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 um, you know, that's not, not done anything good in apart, you know, who's still involved in boxing. Everybody's got a part, some part of being involved in boxing. And Brendan should be looking down, thinking, you know, I, I did all them guys well, you know, I served them well, and I taught them well, and I advised them well, and 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 you know, uh, there's many many fighters what have come out of the Ingle what really want to thank Brendan for 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 showing him the right path and and keeping him on the straight and narrow so to speak so as Brendan would say that's for sure Ryan and 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 I go one farther to say and I think I don't I'm not in danger of insulting anybody here a lot of the lads that Brendan took on at the time and when he was taking them on would have been the people that would would have been the first to predict and said these guys aren't going to do anything these lads are in trouble these will be lucky to so he took them under his wing and he showed them a whole new way of seeing the world and every time I see and hear him now his words and his methods become even more relevant if that makes sense mate things what things what are happening nowadays Brendan used to say that back in the back in the late 80s early 90s but you know it, it, it's as if he could could have predicted you know the future and you know, Brendan. Brendan stood for a lot of things, but it just weren't for the fighters. You know, Brendan had take just your your average Joe off the street who, who looked like he he was not gonna go go down the right path, and he'd he'd, he'd turn them he'd turn their lives around, and you know later down the line they'd turn up to the gym with with Missus and uh, and the kids, and he says, you know, Brendan, you know, if it hadn't been for your words, yeah. and if or if it hadn't been for you know you taking me you know, away from that crowd who I was knocking around with back then, it wouldn't have been a good story for me. And, you know, I basically I want to thank you because now, look, you know, I've got a couple of kids or I'm married and I'm, I've got a, I've got a stable job. And, you know, I'm, my life's good at the minute. And, you know, even if it weren't to do with boxing, even if, you know, they ended up getting a good job or, you know, got away from a, a bad crowd or whatever, they, they held, they, they used to appreciate Brendan so much for just just having that bit of time, which, you know, that's all it is. Brendan used to give his time to, to everybody, not just fighters, but general just people walking up and down the street around the Winkerbank area where the, where the gym were. And he, he, he really did... It really did change people's lives. He really did, and um, I suppose in, in keeping in with that, and, and it's fitting. I say, and, and I wouldn't say it's probably even it, it's the way it's played out is this latest connection, this Irish connection between yourself, Jono, and now of course the butcher boy Francie Lozoho, which was um, it might have shocked a few people, but he told me weeks ago, and Ryan, I'm awful for keeping secrets. I'm brutal for them, and um, so many yeah. times I'd be sitting here thinking. <laughs> I'm half afraid to even text him in case I send it to the wrong persons, you know. So, but uh, look, it's brilliant news. It's um, it's it's in many ways it's a really really great pairing. Can you tell me a little bit about it and how it came about? Or 
So yeah, the first. So how I how I got involved in this is when I went at the last time I went to to Fort Ventura to to John O's gym, uh, Champions Gym Lanzarote. It, it was the first time. I mean, I'd seen loads and I'd spoke to Francie on the phone and I'd seen loads of, of training videos of of Francie training, but face to face, the last time I went to Lanzarote. Uh, I met him in this uh, in this little shopping centre, and we sat down. We had a coffee, uh, and we had we had some ice cream, and we had a good we had a good hour catch up. And um, obviously, speaking to Francie, and you know when you've just got that impression of someone by meeting them the first time, you think very positive, and 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 you know their attitude, and you know where they want to go, and they've got a goal in life, and they've got they they love the. They love boxing and they've got a passion for boxing. I just thought of that about Francis straight away. I knew he wanted to be a boxer and he wanted to be a champion and he and and he you know he dedicated himself and he was very disciplined and you know couldn't wait to get in the gym and train and learn and and that was the impression I got of Francis straight away. And speaking to Francis just a few weeks ago, he turned around and said the same to me when I first had the conversation with Francie, he he said that he wanted me to manage him even the first time he'd not know much about me or what 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 I was about and and everything but just that connection that first conversation we sat down having a, having a coffee I knew what Francie was all about I could tell the passion and yeah. he knew he turned around and said he wanted me to manage him and you know it it, it, it you know two or three months what was it that must have been beginning of the year and then and now look you know i'm managing him and you know we, we we're just waiting for for that for that green light to go when we can get francie on one of these shows over in ireland or even on one of my shows over in in south yorkshire that's where we are right now and and, and i'm i'm and I've got the passion for Francie because I know he's going to give it me. What I'm yeah. going to give Francie, he's going to give it me back in the gym. He brings it out in your eye and you're 100% right. The very first time I spoke to him, long before I saw him or met him, the impression was, geez, this guy is intense. He was in yeah. absolute, he convinced me within five minutes, this 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 yeah. kid is going. And now wherever he goes or wherever he doesn't go, let me say, and I've said it over and over again, it will not be for the want of giving it everything he has because he's he's an incredible fella. He just, he, just right. he, he drags you in when you get to speak with him. He sits and chats with you and he's just a special sort of a character. And I think his his intensity, his passion and his belief, coupled with your know-how, your knowledge, your experience, and it, it at, the, at the ability as well to mix a little bit of fun into it. I think it's fair to say because you, you, you're able to exactly. do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, just overall aura of Francie. I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that that he even asked me, and you know, I was honoured, and you know, I was, I was brutally honest with Francie as well. Like I said, I mean, listen, I look. I said it's, it's not a good time for, for, for boxing at the minute unless you were signed with. Uh, a big promoter such as like you know your Eddie Earns, your your Frank Warren, your MTK, it's not going to be easy to to get to get to get Francie on a show. But I said to him with the with with what you bring to the table and what I can bring to the table, I will do my utmost to get you. You know, if we can get a show, get you on a show later on this year or even two this year, I will do my utmost because I see I see how much. How much Francie wants it, 
and 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 that's why I'll do my best to to make sure that you know he gets at least one or two fights before the end of the year. And you know, like I said, I was I was brutally honest that boxing's not in a good place at minute regarding having crowds at a boxing show. Uh, but you know, as soon as as soon as we can have a crowd at that show, we're going to do our best to get France on one of them shows. Well, the best way we can finish it, Ryan, is as well. Boxing isn't in the world at the moment isn't in a good place for one reason yeah. or another, and it needs good stories. It needs positive stories, and it needs uh, it needs enthralling, engaging stories. And I just have a feeling that this one might just, if it's given a little bit of a fan, it might just catch fire. So listen, it's it's absolutely brilliant to chat with you as always, and I'll be watching very closely, and I can't wait to see how it plays out for you. As always, as always, great talking to you. You know, I know Francie and, and John O'Brien is out in, in Lanzarote training with the lads, training hard. I'm always looking at their social media and you just you just see the passion in them guys over there. And hopefully, you know, I'll be going out to, to, to Fort Ventura, uh, sorry, to Lanzarote later this year and, and, and hopefully, you know, pushing myself, pushing Francie myself on the pads and, and training alongside them guys. But... Yeah, listen, it's going to be a, a great story and I can't wait to, for, it to, for it to unravel. You know, it's never easy to say for sure. Probably impossible to predict with any degree of real certainty that a fighter is going to achieve everything that he promises and looks like he could or that a pairing with a new coach or with a new manager will deliver the dividends that we all hope and that we can see the makings of and the ingredients of and, and the spices but I think it's safe to say, listen to Ryan just there, listening to Francie before it, putting all the experience that Ryan has garnered in a career that was just incredible and put it into all the talent that that young man has and the experience he's gained and what he's come through. Not just not just in boxing. It's a life story. It's a journey that would, um, that would make a few eyes open. Thanks, Ryan, for taking time to chat with me. He's a busy man. He's got new gyms and everything else on the go. I'm looking forward to watching this one very, very closely and I'm looking forward to being around it as it unfolds over the coming months and years. Before I jump across to the interview with Sarah and Stevie, I've been trawling through the uh, boxing news over the last few days to try and come up with some reliable and solid news and worthy information. Uh, Mexican warrior Emmanuel Navrate has officially vacated his WBO super bantamweight title and he's requested to be installed as the mandatory for the featherweight title. What happens there remains to be seen. It's usually just a foregone conclusion. The WBO will um, will in, will install him there, which will have knock-on effects for Michael Conlon and, and the likes. Also, as expected, Shakur Stevenson has vacated his featherweight title and has been installed then as the number one contender for the super featherweight title. Strange kind of way of doing it, but that, that is the way, that's the rule the WBO have been living by for the last number of years. And staying stateside, News broke recently that Ring Magazine picked up the Neutral Corner podcast. Now, anybody that's not familiar with this, you should get familiar with it. It's presented by a dude by the name of Michael Montero, or Mike Montero. And first off, the first thing you're going to notice with Mike is his voice. He's got a very striking, very imposing, and very uh, engaging voice. It's brilliant. He's a really, really great, larger-than-life character in every way. He delivers a brilliant boxing podcast. He's honest, he's real, He's reliable and he's straight shooting. And it's definitely one that I looked at, listened to so long before I ever got the, uh, the cojones to start this one up. So I'm delighted for you, Mike. I'm delighted for Tiffany. I'm delighted for everybody that's helped you and watched you and supported you on your journey. 
this is just an, uh, it's just so well deserved and, and it proves that the good guys do get to win now and then switching some attention to Australian boxing uh, Dennis Hogan this week was chatting with him everything is just going really really well for Dennis now his body is back in where he wants it to be everything is rested rehabbed and he's looking to get he's getting itchy hands he is getting itchy hands it won't be too long now he's expecting news over the next couple of weeks of a, of a return date and of course that first fight under the pocket rocket Wayne McCullum who I was chatting to as well and he's getting itchy hands 50 years of age a big special birthday wish to my pal Wayne McCullough a very special happy birthday to him and would you believe even still he's got those itchy hands so looking forward to watching the two lads work and grow together but work, more news that came from Australian boxing this week of course was the confirmation and the date of their big event for the year will be Jeff Horn versus Tim Zhu and that'll go ahead in Townsville in a fabulous new stadium there on the 28th of August and hopefully the pandemic and everything else will just stay away and we get to see what could be a very, very interesting fight. There'll be lots of layers to that one and we'll keep a close eye on it. And stories floating around the last few days just pertaining to Irish boxing is suggesting that Jason Quigley is being seriously considered for Canelo's next opponent. You know, Jay Quigley keeps himself to himself at the best of times and but he is super quiet lately. So there's no doubt something in the pipeline. There's no doubt... Uh, something going on there's plans been made and uh, what they are who knows just yet I will reach out to him again and see what we can get and uh, I know Jay generally doesn't like to speak until he has something to say but keep an eye on that and hopefully we'll have something for you soon it's a real privilege to finally get to speak to uh, Sarah Hagagatju who uh, is a former three-time Canadian senior champion and the current 2019 54 kilo Irish elite champion and she's joined as well on the line here by her coach and her, uh, her husband, would you believe, Stevie, as well. So it's brilliant to have the two of you on. And um, I hope everything's going well for you there today and, and the last few weeks. Thank you. Thanks yeah, thanks for inviting us on. Thank you. I'll balance this as best I can because I've, it's, it's the first time I've had managed to have three, two on the line at the one time. Usually it'll go, yeah. the phone gets thrown around. So for such a small country that, uh, and we can relate to this, Stevie, I suppose, uh, we, we mightn't be the biggest country in the world or the biggest powerhouse, but it seems to be the smaller ones are able to produce the, the best boxers at times. Of course, yeah, it's usually the case. Do you want to tell us a little bit, I suppose, Sarah, how you came to boxing growing up um, in Canada, where most people would be looking at ice hockey or they'd be looking at maybe <laughs> ball or football or, or, or God knows what? Sure, yeah. So I started when I was 16. Um, I was in a lot of like team sports in high school, and it just came down to kind of being fed up with that like team aspect of it. And um, my coach in my senior year had changed over and she pretty much said, you know, I'm going to change the roster this year. You're going to be sitting on the bench. And it's like my last year playing basketball. And I was like, what the heck? I've been playing for eight, nine years. And now my final year, you're going to bench me. So I went home that day and I cried my eyes out and I was like, no, I can't have this happen to me. Like, and how am I going to continue? Like, I need to have sport in my life. And um, my family is pretty competitive. My brother had been in a lot of combat sport, martial arts. So my dad just said, like, listen, he goes to the gym like four or five times a week. Why don't you just go try the sport out? Try boxing. And I was like, OK, sure, I'll try it. But I never, ever want to fight. 
I don't want a broken nose. I don't <laughs> want like any of that. And I had seen my brother's nose break several times. And I was like, I don't want to look like he does. And <laughs> so my dad's like, no worries. Just do it for the fitness aspect of it. You said you need sport in your life. Just do that. So I did. And within like uh, six months, my coach turned to me and said, listen, you're ready for sparring. So I was like, okay. I didn't think anything of it. Tried <laughs> it out. Then he goes a few months later, he's like, okay, you're ready for a fight and I'm going to enter you into a tournament. And I was in British Columbia at the time. Um, that's where I grew up. And uh, so he entered me into a BC Golden Gloves tournament. I was entered in as a youth and I won that day. And then the next day he put me into the senior division. Again, won that. And I was like, holy smokes, like this is the best feeling in the world to have like my hand raised. It's all like up to me what the outcome is like this is it. Like, I, I no think I want to continue. <laughs> no broken nose. I was, yeah, made sure of that. And uh, yeah, so then it's been a journey since, since I was 16. And I just thought, okay, like do this tournament, have a few fights here and there. And then it was like, okay, win a provincials. Okay, win a nationals. Okay, now I want to go international, right? So it just, it was small goals and I just kept working my way up. Fair to say you were sporting from the get-go and, and you had that yeah. in you, but you had the competitive in you and, as, as, and also that streak that many, many boxers, top-level boxers have when they're told no or in your coach's case that she was going to bench you. It was yeah. like digging, gritting the teeth, biting down on the gum shield. This is not happening. I was like, this is not happening. It's yeah. not for me. I can't just sit there for a whole year and just watch. So, Do you I'm think, Stevie, here. do you think um, if, if we were to bring that into context here in Ireland, I don't think the coaches would be so honest about it. I think it would happen and you'd be wondering why you're sitting on the bench, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're a little different over here. It's the, the countries are a bit, a, bit of a, a bit of a difference in culture, right? So the fact that she was told probably did her a big favour. She didn't have to figure it out and it, it helped her kind of step forward in the career she wanted with sport incredible and um, just for anybody again that's not familiar with the geography because most people here in Ireland will know from Galway to Dublin and Dublin to Cork and maybe maybe yeah. some for, the, for our Dublin brothers and sisters that when they get past the red cow they don't know where they're going so that's, that's yeah, just yeah. A, but um, <laughs> British Columbia in terms of, of Canada is on the far west coast isn't it it's the, it's the furthest yeah. point away from, from where we are now and uh, Ontario right. then where you went to see I have my homework done I have my homework done yeah. and, and, and Ontario then is, uh, is yeah. the opposite side it's the centre Central East, yeah. East Central, isn't yeah. it? So, exactly, um, about like five provinces over. Something else, a little a little geek flag went up when I not, when I heard uh, Canada and Combat Sport. A big, big WWE fan when I was a kid. Of course, the home of Brett the Hitman Hart, wasn't it? Oh yeah, he's up in um, Edmonton, right? No, yeah, Calgary. Calgary, that's it. Yeah. That's the Calgary yeah. screw job. That's where the big one went down, the big showdown. <laughs> That's the big one. Stevie's actually a fan himself too, so uh, <laughs> a lot in common. My man, my man. And you're just having you just haven't had time yet, Sarah. You will eventually as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um one of the big issues I remember speaking to Caitlin and Charlie both um was the difficulty in finding, I suppose, competitive sparring and training and that edge that it's one thing being a boxer, it's one thing as you said, doing it for a bit of fitness and doing it for it. But it, it seems to become apparent very quickly in your story, Sarah. Is that fair to say that this was a little bit more than something you were going to do? So was that the issue straight away in British Columbia? finding? Comp- yeah, so um, sparring was okay. I always had sparring partners. Um, my brother who boxed, we always sparred each other. So you got the males. But fighting-wise, I was literally fighting the same person over and over again. Like It became way too repetitive. And so when I got to Ontario, actually, it was a big difference. And um, Stevie now averages with me about 25 fights a year. We travel all over the place, like all over the map. 
we're driving a lot distances to get these fights, but I do find a big difference between Ontario and BC is um, that competitiveness and just women in sport. Um, I think it is growing in Ontario and Quebec for sure, though. It's hard. It's hard for us to quantify that, Stevie. I suppose in terms of Irish geography, in terms of things, because especially with boxing on the on the crest of a wave that it is right now, every town has a club or two, and there and there's so much competitiveness. Is it getting yeah. any better? Do you have from your coaching standpoint? Have you seen it improve? Is it all the popularity, the numbers, or is it is it very much a minute sport? Uh, I think it becomes a phase almost. I'd say to be, if you're really honest with yourself, it's still a minute sport here. I think it's becoming more popular in terms of a fitness aspect here. I think it's very popular mm-hmm. in terms of getting people in the gym in a recreational basis, which you'd hope to maybe in 10 years' time becomes more of a competitive basis. But as of right now, I would say it's still very minute. But it's looking better year after year in terms of recreational members and then just a case of a lot of those recreational members who might have kids and they're sending them to hockey, trying to send them to boxing. Or a lot of the kids who are coming in and they're off-season of hockey or doing boxing. Maybe eventually to start to turn them over more into the sport uh, on a competitive basis. There's a lot of misnomers that from a parental point of view, all boxing and, and then it starts with the, the famous one. It starts with the Rocky movie, Cut Me Mickey, Cut Me, you know, and, and, and <laughs> what the first, you educate them past that one, where the one thing you don't want in boxing is a cut. So we go from there, you know. Uh-huh. But can I ask as well, the point in the story, where, where did the roads meet and how? And then I suppose coach, fighter, and then it goes one step or 10 steps. Yeah, where, so where did that come um, he saw me at my first nationals as a 19 year old. Um, in the ring with a future Olympian. We didn't know at the time she was going on to winning her eighth, nas- eighth national title. I'm holding my own in there. Some people thinking I'm doing really well for someone who has less than 10 fights. And uh, he came up to me and he was like, like, really good fight, really good performance. But why do you move so funny in the ring? And I was like, I'm fighting on two fractured feet. Both my feet were fractured at the time, but I what? was refusing. Yeah, I refused to miss my first ever nationals. I didn't want to wait a whole year because that's how it works here. We don't have oh multiple God. nationals. So he's like, okay, that makes so much sense. And uh, he's like, listen, I don't know like who your coaches are, how you're doing in BC, but I really th- think I can help you and I was like at the time I was like who is this guy is he trying to hit on me like what's happening and then I looked him up and I was like Jesus like he's got multiple national champions like he's very young he was 23 24 at the time but he's doing very well for himself and he's Irish and I know Ireland has like the best boxing out there so I was like okay like I'll come to you I was messaging back and forth okay I'll come to you for a two-week camp so from BC hopped on a plane trained with him for two weeks and after the first day, I 100% knew I had to be with the guy. The way he did his pad work, the way he put so much time and effort into me. And not just me, I would see it with everyone at the gym. So I was like, I definitely want to move. I went back, I told my parents, and they're like, Sarah, you're just going to move for sport, really? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, as long as you continue your, your university, no problem. Go ahead. And uh, ever since twenty June of 2014, I've been on Ontario we were roommates. Um, people made jokes of, oh, you guys are practically a couple. And I was like, oh, my God, we kind of are because we go to the movies together. <laughs> we're always going for walks together. We're all, like everything we did was together. And I was like, why don't we try dating? And then we did. My parents were really happy. They're like, why don't you get married? And we're like, why don't we? How cool is so that? It just, yeah, it all fell into place perfectly. And it's been almost five, six years and it's working out great. So some, some people will say it. 
um, that was meant to be. Some people yeah. would say, and, and there's a lot yeah. of Shanachies and people in Ireland that like to tell stories, and that they, they yeah. would have they would have reasons for all sorts and things. But um, it's a beautiful. It's that is a beautiful side of the story, and I'll, I'll ask. Yeah. I suppose I'm going to ask the obvious question in a few minutes about balancing that because I had the, yeah. I had former world champion Christina McMahon on here a few times, and her husband Frick was her coach, and and they went on to achieve legendary things. But they are very much from listening to the way you guys play it's almost identical it's just that nice and yeah. relaxed everything is nice and calm and um i think on the same page chrissy, yeah. chrissy, chrissy is the boss when they're at home and when they're going to their <laughs> into the gym then i think frick cracks the whip and i think that all joking exactly. aside is yeah. the way it works you know but yeah. uh, stevie can i ask you i suppose up to that point we we know that um uh, sarah had moved across and everything else but what was it took you from Ireland to, to Canada and, and was it a boxing or or was it life in general? Uh, a little bit of both. I came here for a summer when I was 19. Uh, my sister knew someone here in Toronto who was looking for workers for a summer and I wanted a break from home. And when I came over, I just checked out a few different gyms. I was always a boxing, not my whole life. I was familiar with, with who everybody was and where they were. And I saw that there was a big gap here for someone to maybe do something as a coach if if uh, if they were motivated. Not that at the time I thought I wanted to be a full time coach. I just I just always had in the back of my head that there was a spot there in Toronto if things didn't work out for me at home. And uh, when I finished my university, I worked for a year with the government. Uh, had a great job, but I just wasn't happy with it. So I decided to come back over here for a few years and throw my hand at it. And um, it just turned into something where now I'm I'm pretty set up here. In terms of boxing as well, it's it's again you, you look at people talk about Canada and boxing, and they'll say, oh, it's not, they wouldn't be recognised. But when you actually think about it, and you link some of the names, Gatti, Lennox Lewis, yeah. uh, Trevor Burbick, Jan Pascal, yeah. then we go into the pro, the amateur ranks, and we look at at Sarah and her teammates and the people. It, it's not exactly it's not exactly a backwater. It's it, it's 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 just no. been one that's kind of motoring along at its own pace over the years, hasn't it? Yeah, they're just they're just lacking the consistency across the board. They'll always have someone here or there doing really well, and you often wonder to yourself, like, why don't why can't they get this across the board? Why can't they why can't they make this a a consistent thing across all weights, male, female, amateur, and pro? I, I think eventually. It can be done here. It's just a, it's a slower burn. Sarah, from a competitive point of view and from a rivalry point of view, um, our nearest and dearest neighbours, of course, uh, are, are our English brothers and sisters across the water. And we blame them for everything from the famine to the <laughs> crash of the Celtic Tiger to the growth yeah. of the Celtic Tiger to COVID. We'll find anything <laughs> and everything. We'll blame yeah. them for it. But yeah. the yeah. truth is, it's really... N- they're just the nearest and they're the easiest ones to blame and they're the ones that speak the same <laughs> languages as most of the time. Now, you have a similar neighbour and very similar um, distance away as well, probably a little bit closer, but they're a hell of a lot bigger and they're a lot more competitive. What, can I ask you, what's the rivalry? Have you boxed for boxing for Canada between the US and Canada or is it uh, what it's made out, made out to be at all? I don't, think, I don't think there's that much of a rivalry there anymore for the simple fact that the US have gone on to really run away with it in terms of international success. I think yeah. several years ago, probably before my time here, that would have been a really intense rivalry. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the U.S. look at the Canadian as boxing scene as a threat anymore. Yeah, we're not a threat at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we engage with them as enough. Like, we should. We should take advantage of that. We're so close to one another. We got the border right there. But I just don't think we do enough camps with each other, enough competition, which kind of sucks for us because... 
they're out there winning, doing really well, and we're just way behind. And I think with Billy Welsh there now as well, he seems to have awoken that because the amateur program, they seem to, it, over the last few years, it was almost boxers, promising fighters were skipping it. Whereas Stevie, they were almost, it was like, we're going to, oh, yeah. we're going to go as quick as we can and, and, and yeah. get into the pro ranks. But Billy, yeah, see, yeah. Billy seems to have brought a bit of life to it. He's yeah. really turned it around and he, he's, he's taught them a lot that Canada need to learn in terms of accessibility and mixing with different people and introducing new ideas. And Billy's from everything I've seen and, Sarah's met him a few times now at different tournaments. Billy's very open to inviting other people in, and that's one thing that in Canada they're missing. The yeah. people, not not sorry, let me rephrase that. The people in charge. Yeah, the suits. Canada, the, the Canada as a whole is very inviting, and everybody wants to help each other, except for the people in charge here who make the big decisions with the national team. They're very closed off. They don't yeah. want to work with you. They don't want to work with anyone. Those dreaded suits. I think the bottom line is it's it's they're making decisions for people that uh, that that they're not always entitled to make and not always making for the right reasons. And uh, it goes sure. to show that it goes on all over the world. It's not just here either, yeah. you know. And no. it is just hurting our success so much that uh, they guard us so much and they don't they don't they're not open minded and you know they don't. Uh... It's a bit of the, the country's a bit of a sleeping giant in my opinion. You wouldn't know it from the outside looking in. I've been here nine years now. The amount of athletes here and potential stars is actually quite incredible. But it's hard to get them out of here because the people in charge are so bad at keeping everything closed off and to themselves. And I think that's something that Billy would have first-hand experience of when they set up the high-performance unit in Ireland. They didn't yep. have access anywhere. And I've spoken to Eric and Kenny and I've spoken to all of the lads that went through it at those stages. And yep. it was, they literally had to get the invites to Russia and Ukraine and places like that. And now it's an open-door scenario. So... Yeah. From what you're saying there, and from Billy's approach and Billy's attitude and personality, it wouldn't be a massive task for 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 um for those relationships to be built eventually. No, I, I actually think it would be pretty pretty doable in, in a short space of time. There's just like I said, a couple of people here that need to move on or need to retire from their positions to allow that to happen. And I I, I genuinely think Canada could have serious growth in the sport. I think you're right, and and you've seen it on the ground firsthand. Is there much of a dissidence, Sarah, from competitiveness when you moved across here to Ireland? Did you see massive difference? Because I know Caitlin told me her words, I'll use an expletive, was holy shit. Was She got put in her ass by a 15-year-old down in Edenderry with a body shot. And she said she'd yeah. never been put down before. And she won't mind me saying that. She said it was such a shock and it was such, a, such an incredible, noticeable difference for her. Did you find that when you came across? Yeah, definitely. It's humbling coming over there because I also think that the kids are in the gym so much younger than we are. You know, I started boxing at 16. That that 16-year-old who's dropping Caitlin was probably in the gym at the age of four or five doing boxing, you know? Yeah. So just, yeah, it's uh, very different in that sense. What would have been the catalyst for yourself to move? Because it's a big switch. I mean, the massive, born, reared and grew up in Canada, proud girl, represented your country, got to the very top of it. And, and to me, it seems like forgive me for for taking a punt on this but it's like you're looking to better again and better again and open the horizons and and follow it as far as you can go 100 percent, yeah i know that ireland like it's one of your number one sports you know it's so popular there every olympics there's medals coming in Uh, to be honest i think the last time canada had a medal for boxing in the olympics was 30 years ago like we have had olympians but to bring a medal i don't even know when that was Mm. you know so um, the competitiveness, the amount of girls that are in Ireland, like it's just um, big, big difference. I also have family out there, so it was nice going out there to be around them. 
Um, the national team program was very inviting, even as a 54 kilo, you know, I'm not in Olympic weight class, but to be invited to a three week camp for my hotel, my food expense, all that to be paid for in Canada, three, four years that I traveled with them, everything was out of our own pocket on the plane, on the, in the hotels, everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Heavy. We got into heavy, heavy debt and like, you know, I don't have my parents helping me out with those expenses it's just me and stevie so we're hustling trying to pay these things off and it's just like you know what it's worth it in the end because of the experience i'm getting and all that but man like it was tough on us so it's just a big big difference between um canada and ireland canada's just so behind and that's why we're not bringing in medals that's why we don't have much success i know i said this go ahead stevie ireland's a real a real real boxing country and i'm i'm very familiar that there's tons of politics and tons of issues in ireland too i'm not i'm not foolish i'm not blind to the fact that where i'm from is not the the greatest place either in terms of that kind of nonsense but it's still a real boxing country and if you go there and you make it and you can get ahead you're going to go very far whereas you could be in canada you could be the best you might not be allowed to go far you might not have a chance to go far you might not even be seen to go far it's just very different yeah. Even um, sorry. Even as for like coaching, you know, uh, we're a bilingual country. We speak in- English and French. But me, as an only English-speaking citizen, they throw in a French-speaking coach in my corner, and I don't oh, know no. the word he's saying. We got a minute to figure no. it out, you know. And it's just like all, a lot of my fights that I had internationally, it was either. It was lost by split decisions because it's not until the third round where I'm like figuring it out on my own, you know, like a coach is very important in your corner as well. The miscommunication, the unorganization, everything. And it's just like, it was a headache. And I didn't know this until I got on the team. You know, people tell you, you hear things. It's just like, no, like no way. There's no way. And then you experience it yourself and you're like, holy crap, like. I, How, I do know. Uh, I actually that was one of the questions that slipped my mind was the was that because I was aware of the difference the different regions where French would be. Uh, surely, I, that's what I get for making assumptions. As long as I'm at it now, but I just assumed when you're English and so he had no English. No English. There was oh, one wow. uh, Brazilian coach who came in and he knew French and Spanish. Again, oh. I don't speak a word of Spanish. Couple and of when I. <laughs> And I voice this out and I tell them and they go, well, you should be taking French classes or they give stupid answers like that. And it's like, what the heck? You want me to fail? Um, Their centralization program is in Quebec. You know, they want the entire national team to really be their own. I think as well, at the end of the day, the the bigger thing for me was, and I've been telling her for a while, is that there's a real opportunity to learn with such better system in Ireland. Liam is set up down there in Eden Dairy and you can have the best of everything around you. Liam's a phenomenal coach who's who's connected with so much different camps. Yeah. I said if you manage to win the nationals in Ireland and get on the national team, you're gonna be subject to so much more yeah. potential world class boxers. I said, regardless of what's happening in Canada, that's just a better setup for you to achieve what you wanna achieve. I would have I would have preferred she'd gone there. 10 years ago. And, and just to pick up on a point that you made, Stevie, and, and Sarah, that it is, I think people in Ireland overlook boxing. And it, it's almost, and I know for a fact, because the, my whole reason for starting a podcast 18 months ago was off 
coming from a fan standpoint, it was I was looking for where were the lads fighting, where was the next tournament, who won where, and and it you'd, you'd have to go looking for it. So I just it took me a while to to, to grow the, the, the to get brave enough to try it and everything else. But now it's it's just. I still see it with people. There's, we've got Gaelic, we've got foot hurling, we've got maybe rugby at times, soccer, and at times you can hear people and see people rolling the eyes. You can see journalists the way they talk about boxing. But every year, four years comes around, two years worlds for sure. And yeah. like, just the level across the board at, at every stage in Ireland is so much better than here. And yeah, you know, Sarah wanted to go to Ireland regularly to visit my family, anyways, and she's a big fan of the country and she's Irish now in terms of we've been married I, I, I'm i not even a Canadian citizen yet and she's an Irish citizen that's you know there you go there you that's, go that's, that's always the plan for her and it's that's um, something I'll move back myself right it's it's um it's it's a story that's moving at um, you wouldn't say that it's moving lightning quick but it's moving at a pace now having so the pressure for you coming across here uh, the intention was to was to come across to explore it then enter the senior championships and then you you only went and won them so <laughs> yeah was it that easy <laughs> and well, <laughs> no definitely not you know um if people know like my backstory with national team and everything even like to get on the national team for canada it wasn't until my fourth try that i actually got on the team it took me you know three split decision losses to the same girl over and over again where i finally yeah in the final finally overcame that the fifth time i fought the girl whether it was club shows or tournaments i finally beat her on a split and uh then she retired thank god but it wasn't until that uh, little hurdle in my life that uh, i finally overcame her and then i'd been winning nationals ever since or ever since 2016 2017 so um it, it took a while but finally got there continued you know i didn't give up after three losses at nationals and for us it's not like you guys, where you have nationals every couple of weeks, and there's the elites, and then there's the intermediates, intermediates all that. We just have one nationals. That's it. Yeah. It's 365 days until the next one. So it was like, okay, keep grinding it out. You're going to get there. And slowly but surely, I did. And then with Ireland, I loved coming to the camps. I've been seeing Liam ever since um, 2016, I think, in the summers. And I just loved the organization he has, all the different countries he'd bring in. It was unreal. Like, the experience I was getting was second to none. And um, it just keeps getting better and better. So I was like, Jesus, like, if this guy can do this for me, like, I have to be with him. And yeah, it was important for me, too, that she was exposed to more high-level, international-level coaches like Liam and like yeah. the guys in Ireland. So I really wanted her to spend time there. And fights are great, but the fact he was putting on these sparring camps was even better, where you're getting literally seven days in the ring with India, with Japan, like all these different yeah. countries, Germany, all everyone. And I was like, this is exactly what we need. And it's all women. So I need to keep coming back. And um, that's when I was like, okay, I, I kind of want to fight for Ireland now. You so. got the bug. Yeah. But and he was all for it too, and it's it's a balance, and and I know Frick and Christine, as I said before, kind of laugh it off because, and and you guys probably will too, because at this stage it's probably second nature to you. But to many of us looking from the inside, we think, okay, you go to the gym, you leave the world outside. Yeah. But when you guys go to the gym, you're going to the gym with the guy that's driving the car or the girl that's driving the yeah. car, and and one or the <laughs> other is going to be in not in the best of form when they're being told what to do or not what to do. So yeah. Um. Again, it's in your own words, you're probably tired of being asked, fed up hearing this question or whatever else. But from, from that point of view, 
did it take long or is it is it an ongoing thing is it something that differs every day uh i'm genuinely very cold to the whole thing and i'm very lucky that it doesn't bother me whatsoever I think the fact we met as coach athlete first is a big thing too. You know, we didn't, we weren't dating and then I became mm-hmm. a boxer. I was his boxer first. And I think he always sees me as that first right now, especially right now, my, as my career is going on. And in the beginning I was terrified that, you know, he's going to go so light on me and it's going to be easy. But if anything, most days I'm walking out crying cause he's so hard on me, but that's exactly what I need. So um, I'm very hard. I can't separate the two. I'll come home and he goes, what's for dinner? And I'm like, nope, you're, you're not getting dinner tonight. Make your own dinner. I don't know. I have nothing to do with you. Don't talk to me. But he's very good at separating the two. Yeah. So. That's a classic Irish man there, Sarah. There, <laughs> yeah. we, we, what's going on? Where? What happened? What did I say? <laughs> and most of the time we don't even read it. We're not joking. Most of the time it just goes in one and that's the way we work. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, no, so that... I'm glad we have that at least, and I'm getting better with it. But uh, women are always emotion more emotional, the hormones, but yada yada yada. So, um, but he is very good at separating the two. Like when I'm in the ring, I don't think he sees his wife in there. It's just his boxer, and he just wants my success. So the only time it's actually a little bit hard for me is when I'm not there. Like watching the Irish Nationals there. last year, I had. Um, I had three pro fighters fighting that weekend, so I couldn't go. Now, obviously, she's in great hands with Liam, and you know. But I would have liked to have been there and watched it live mm-hmm. in, in the audience. So I was watching it on the feed. I'm, I'm having the weigh-ins for my pros on Friday, and I'm watching her on the side on my phone. I'm, I'm losing my mind because you know you're not there and you can't do anything about it, right? It's fair to say it has been a popular move, um, yeah. almost yeah. seamless. Because and and here's the funny thing as well: we, we have this mythical land of a thousand million welcomes. I'm going to let you in a little secret, Sarah. It's all bullshit because we, we get, we're, we're no different to everybody else. We can turn our noses up the same as everybody else. And oh, yeah. um, it's very special to see the, the warmth and the love there is for your for both of you with the messages. And I got a, a particularly nice tweet from a fella. Is it Prince Bezdi or Prince Bezzy? Prince Body. Body. He says uh, she's the king or the queen. The queen. At the yeah. Culture, so, um, I suppose the best way to put it in normal, ordinary, everyday English would be that if you're not good enough, well, then you're not going to be good enough. But exactly. if you're here, when you're here, and you're, there's nothing stopping you. It's just it will be ability or not, and that yeah. seemed to be the last thing in the line when you were, if that's fair to say, on the way up to now. It was like everything else was been put before it, and then yet your ability came. Whereas it was everybody and the outside influences and those. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we're right up to date. You're, you've come to Ireland. You're, you've just your very first year. You've arrived. No pressure. Breezed in. Won the seniors. Right back. <laughs> bang. We're locked down now. We're we're we're, yeah. on, we're on a standstill. Is I it a, know, is yeah. it a difficult process to? I'm guessing, right? And I'm guessing here, and I'm reading the, between the lines again, without getting anybody into trouble. That the certain people that make strange decisions that they wouldn't like these things to happen too easily. So was it something that you had to do? Jump through hoops to get the move to Ireland, or was there not? Was it straightforward enough? Uh, I think I think there might have been a little bit of work to it, but it's a case of like she's been there consistently for the last three, four years. Um, you know, we're genuinely a married couple. I'm an Irishman. I've I grew up and raised in Ireland, so maybe if there was any resistance to it, nothing really could have been done about it because everything was completely above board. You know what I mean? I think we were really just fed up with the whole system like I couldn't handle it anymore I was getting anxiety going on trips with the team the, the most the most resistance actually in terms of resistance Ireland was very opening the only resistance yeah. that happened came in Canada yeah yeah that's what I was talking about that's that's kind of where yeah. I was alluding to I should have oh, made that yeah, clear yeah, right? and it was just 
really the high performance team, um, all my friends, all that, they were all for it. They understood, right? They knew what I was going through. Everyone knew. Um, but it was the high performance team that they're just kind of just stubborn and stuck in their ways and didn't see a problem they, at all. They tried making it very difficult and they used some very um, childlike scare tactics that maybe had they been speaking to someone else might have worked. But I just let them know what I thought of the situation in, in a very professional manner. They didn't really have much to say after that. More luck to you. you you've done it now. You're here on merit. You, even if you want to go back now, you can't. You've won the Irish title. Now you, you have to at least defend it now. But, um, <laughs> I'll be back. It's hard to, I suppose it's, it's very hard to predict because life in general right now is hard to predict. But the immediate future, you've, you're luckily enough, you don't have to travel too far to train. You've got a, You've got a, the coach exactly. right beside you. Um, yeah. Even if you, even if that's not always a great thing from your point of view, but um, is, is there a is there a roadmap right now? Can you see, or or is it just a case of waiting to see what happens next and what what where you where do you go from here? Yeah, so I definitely want to go back to Ireland. I was hoping to go back for August, but it's still this whole COVID thing is still tough out in Canada. Like it's still very restrictive with travel and everything. So. Um, definitely want to make it back for September, October, and then have my camp, do my training with Liam, and then compete at the Nationals again, which I've heard. I don't know if it's for sure, but it should be happening December or January. So I wanted to go back literally in March, but then COVID hit and I was stuck here. So We still have that Olympics to come. That has to be a goal for you, does it? Yeah, it actually kind of worked out for me because I fought at 54 kilos for last year. Um, this year I'm going at 51. So I hope that um, the whole squad comes in. Hopefully the whole roster comes in and we get to compete for the spot again. So I don't know if that will happen, but um, I'm going to be at the Olympic weight class. So I'll see what happens. Stand notice. She served notice on the rest of the country. We've got another hat in the ring. Just a little yeah. bit of extra spice. Just a little <laughs> bit of extra. But Because even here for the last few years, I have been at 51 kilos, right? And because I wasn't um, quite a citizen yet with Ireland, I decided, you know, go at 54, um, see how it is, see what the competition's like. And now I'm confident. I, I've got my citizenship and everything, and I'm confident to go at 51. So. The last thing I'll say to you before I let you go, uh, Stevie, from your point of view, you're saying there you're working with pros and amateurs. Do you find that much of a difference? For sure, for sure. Because there's some guys, like I have one guy who's a professional right now, and he wouldn't have been a very good amateur, and I don't think I ever could have made him a very good amateur. He wasn't suited towards it, but he's as a pro, he's ranked 17th in the world, and he's 12-0 with 12 KOs, and I can have a, a world of fun training him for professional boxing. Had he stayed in the amateurs, it just would have been a frustrating process for us both because he just it didn't suit him. Incredible. So you know you can you can you can make the best of certain things with people depending on um, which route you take with them. We in got terms a name drop that guy twelve and zero with twelve KOs. Can we can we get a name? Uh, Ryan Rizicki. Wow. From uh, he's Nova from Nova Scotia. Scotia, so he he's, he's from the east. Um, the east. So he flies out here and he usually stays with us for maybe eight to ten weeks at a time and trains for his fights. Incredible. That's a record yeah. and a half. That, but like, by any but, but if you put him in with an amateur for three rounds, you wouldn't think anything of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, incredible. And as, as Sarah, just a different version of the same story, as we like to say here, or same question, as we say here in Ireland. Um, from your point of view, when you touch down, probably happened in a whirlwind. I'm assuming there was a few tournaments and everything else, but then you're straight into the uh, to, to the championships and everything else. From your point of view, 
what would have been the most noticed was a total different standard was there anything that stuck out were some stronger faster was there anything in particular that jumped out at you the difference straight away and said whoa 100 percent. it was the beautiful technique that all irish boxers have like they it's just incredible um i feel like canadians or north americans in general are all like brute force we like to brawl you know not as much technique but with irish boxing it was just nice to be in there with someone like that it just makes you a better boxer mm-hmm. i think the in and outs the straight punches the fundamentals that they have like it was just incredible and i'm learning so much being in there in the ring with them because my style is definitely technical if i have to i bring out the brawler in me but i choose not to most of the time because i like just looking nice in there i like people just display i like there's so much that can and has been said about boxing by many over the years what we can never say is sarah and steve's story are one that you might not expect to find in a boxing gym or in the boxing world but isn't that just another reason to love it that's about it for me and them until then i want to thank sarah stevie francie ryan for taking time to chat with me and of course to you for listening feel free to get in touch as always stay safe stay well all's well that ends well